The MFG Cast presents a meeting at the docks. Establishing shot as George uh, walks back into the subway car. It's a it's a Dutch angle shot, which means that the camera's kind of tilted a little bit, 45 degree, um, as he comes in and he sits down on the bench with so the poles, kind of like everything's all shifted at an angle. And he thinks to himself, my nerves are all a jumble when I step back into the subway car. You know, most days danger lies like a curled sleeping rattlesnake and we pass by with nary a care. Tonight though, I stepped on the tail, and I'm not sure if I just mean that kid with the knife. I look down on my hand and there's a slight tremble, the last vestiges of the adrenaline coursing through my veins. I take a deep breath and light a cigarette to steady my nerves. The snap of the lighter closing sounds like the kid's switchblade, and I can't help but take a wary look around. Still alone. Close my eyes and shake my head. That's a road we don't want to travel. Not tonight. I look down and I find I'm holding my lucky coin, turning it over absently in my fingers. It was my good luck charm during the war. Not so lucky that I kept my girl, but it got me home just the same. And that's more than I can say for a lot of the guys. After talking with Charlene, I thought I'd head over to the Globe to see if Carol was working. Now a nagging little doubt scratches at the back of my mind. Have I used up all my luck for tonight? I look down at the coin still resting in my hand and exhale wreaths of smoke through my nostrils, looking like a dragon contemplating his treasure. Two choices laid before me. Two sides of the same coin, perhaps. We'll let fate decide. I steady the coin on my thumb and flip it in the air. Heads will do the smart thing and head home. Tails will head over to the glow and talk to Carol and grab a little nip. <laughs> Tails. Well... Maybe my luck hasn't run out yet. <clears throat> Cut to fist in George's face as he flies out of the glow bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all goes downhill from there. So, yeah. So you, the train drops you off probably about, let's just say, two blocks away. So you have to, you have to walk a, uh, a ways to the glow lounge, but not too far. And again, it's, sweltering summer night you you would think that it would cool things down a little bit but it's still in the high 70s and as you walk this cheap suit that you have that's ruffled is getting a little more 
for the lack of a better word, moist. Um, you make your way to the bar looking a little bit more uh, wary than most people that arrive at the glow lounge. Um, you're meted by a familiar smiling face, Bill Fullman, ex-boxer and bouncer of the glow lounge sees you and says, Hey, vulture. Good to see you, kid. Hey, Bill, how's it going? He, you know, takes his hat off, takes his, his coat, his, um, you know, like suit jacket off. Yeah. Uh, he gives you the familiar pat down that everybody gets while entering the glow lounge. Um, you notice Bill, even though his uh, dark mocha skin melts into the glamour of the lounge, you can see his masterful physique bulging out of his tight frame. Even though his boxing days are long past, ever since he hurt his knee boxing in his last match, you can tell that even with the slight limp that he has, he could easily take anybody even twice his size. Bill is one of very few people that have actually seen your vulture tattoo and and calls you by that more as a uh, sign of respect than than a little dig. So when you see him and he calls you that, you realize that he, for a bouncer, you're not supposed to have any friends. The your friend is the bar, the or the place that you're protecting, and so for you to have that sign of respect is in your eyes, pretty valuable. Does he take my gun when I take my coat off? Cause he's got the, you know, he's got like the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll look at you and he, and he'll say, you know, the, you know, the rules, Bill, I got to take this from you, but you'll get it back at the end of the night. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure thing, Bill. He like un, unhooks the, the clasp and like, just gives him the whole holster, you know, the whole rig. Yeah, yeah. As you do, he gives you a slight wink, letting you know that he'll hide it for safekeeping. As you enter the glow lounge, you realize that you've come at the, exactly the right time. Let's just say the um, opening act um, is performing at the moment, and Carol actually hasn't, or not Carol. Yeah, you're looking at Carol. Never mind. Give me a second here. And I screwed up because you're gonna be talking to Carol. Well, I mean, she can be on. I mean, he can sit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, no, that's perfect. Carol is performing at the moment, but you can tell she's winding it up as the patrons of the Glow Lounge are all in tune, all together, singing the last song that you know that Carol will be singing for the night because it's one of her best. Up on stage, you see Carol short curly auburn hair always wearing those floral dresses that drives the men wild with a red rose on the left side of her hair hips and legs that sway in constant motion like waves in the Atlantic Ocean everybody at the glow lounge knows that Evelyn is the star but Carol is not far behind Every time she opens her mouth, everybody waits in anticipation for the next word to come out. Because when she sings, it's like sex. 
it it's passionate it's raw it's mean but it's also lovely and as carol starts to finish up her set you can see people are starting to stir to get that next drink once the performance is over so you know george comes in the music sort of washes over him as the you know as he steps in you know lights are low he you know lights a cigarette you know kind of works his way over to the bar he's kind of you know like one arm sort of leaning on the bar taking in the end of the show you know sort of appraising her like you know i think we said in last session he is familiar with her because he hangs out here and didn't you know was was unaware that that uh you know she was in a relationship with uh with Marcus, you know, not that it's his business necessarily to know what she's up to, but like never came up. Right. Like it's always a sort of a playful flirting, you know, whatever, like, you know, you know, she's available, but she's not available kind of thing. Yeah. Um, You know, so he's just kind of like taking it in, you know, trying to like look at her in a new light. Um, You know, he orders two fingers of whiskey. And as she finishes up her, her set. I don't know if she goes backstage first, but he, you know, begins to walk towards towards a corner, but towards the front, like maybe she'll see him. You know, and he just goes to sit alone, kind of in the shadow. Okay. See if, if see if she either comes out and comes over to say, "Hey," if not, then he would approach her. You know, if she comes and sort of makes her, you know, because a lot of times they'll sing and then they'll you know freshen up and come out and you know mingle a little bit. You know, it's one of the nice things about the club is, you know, they, uh, they, you know, they come out and talk to all the patrons and sort of like hang out and drink with everybody. Yeah. And as you're, you know, getting your drink and getting settled, she uh, starts out to kind of uh, step forward, but then she kind of waves to the crowd and thanks everyone for attending basically. And she disappears to the back. He sits, he loosens his collar, he probably undoes his top button because it's hot. You know, there's a lot of people in here, uh, you know, flick some ash off his cigarette, you know, just kind of leans back in the chair, you know, sort of takes in the room. Okay. Um, It's a pretty, pretty busy night for, let's call it a Friday night because we never really called it that, um, but that's what we'll call it. I think we did say it was Friday. Oh, did we really? Yeah, I actually have to do a timeline. You probably want to cut all this out. Because <laughs> um, she... So we found out that Marcus had been dead oh, three days ago. That's right. Um, it was Friday night, and she hadn't spoken to him for a week. So since last Friday? Yeah. Uh, a week ago, she saw him. It's I just it says it's Friday. Okay, but I assume cool. she spoke to him last Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Tonight's Friday night. He would have been murdered Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, three days depending on how you want to count three days. Yep, 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 yep. Perfect. Okay, yep. I think I remember talking about that now. So yeah, um, for a Friday night, it's actually pretty busy. The it looks like everybody's kind of excited. Like there's like a like a electricity in the air. Um, Not only are the, not only do you see Carol there, you can see, you can actually see your ex Evelyn kind of making her way through the crowd, just kind of talking to different people, kind of schmoozing, kind of like what a star would do before they get on stage. So they can get, 
they can not only tease them about, you know, their performance coming up, but they can also get the adoration that they think they deserve before their performances. You actually also see some uh, acts that you've seen previously there. You see uh, Trey McClintock, um, the great uh, blues guitarist. Um, You see Don Trolley, the um, amazing jazz it's really bad. This I don't know. I don't know some terms, so I'm gonna call him like he's really great on. Uh, he's a great. Who? What would you call a guy that plays the horn? Uh, it depends on what he plays. A trumpet player, saxophonist. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Yeah. So like, so yeah. You let's just, just say horn player, right? Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's just say yeah. Just let's say he did like wears many hats and he plays lots of different um, horns. So it's interesting because usually even the people that if an act doesn't play that night, they're usually not there because they want to, they want, you know, they want to build up their reputation, but for some reason, there are a lot of people here and they're excited for something special, but you don't quite know what's going on, but there's quite the buzz. Hmm. Okay. When, when he sees Evelyn, he, you know, if there's like a, paper on the table or like a menu or something he just kind of like flips it up he's not like holding it up over his face but he's mm-hmm. just kind of like holding it sort of like looking askance right like he yeah. saw her last night like two nights is like mm. <laughs> 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 you know, avoid that if you can <laughs> yeah and as you're kind of you know enjoying yourself and you're reading that uh you're reading the did you say a menu is that what you said if, if there's something on the table, if not, he just kind of like leans, you know, further back in the chair and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, trying to hide in the shadow kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, let's just say you are like, they have just like the tiniest of menus and, you know, you're just kind of contemplating things and you're, you get kind of lost in your train of thought. And then you hear a voice say, if I wasn't so sure, I think you were following me. And um, Evelyn kind of strides in and sits not next to you, but just kind of inside the booth there as far away as possible, but enough to kind of confront you. Oh, uh, hey, Evie, (laughs) two nights in a row, huh? Well, I tell you, you know, I I know you like the drink, but I, I feel like you're here for something else. And she and she kind of like gives you kind of a sly smile but also there's some venom behind it too yeah well you know i'm uh i'm here on a little bit of a little bit of business so uh yeah you know business that's what you're calling it these days huh he he like picks up the the glass and like waggles it so that the ice tinkles in the in the tumbler (laughs) uh she says um uh, she kind of smiles at you a little bit and she goes, well, you've been here enough. You probably, you probably know that uh, I've got a new song I'm trying out and uh, tonight's the night. So there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of uh, anticipation in the air. Oh, is that what this is all about? Um, as soon as you say that she gets like a sour look on her face and she's like, you know what that's about. Don't you give me that. You never did care about my singing, even though you pretend like you do. Are you actually going to perform or are you going to leave before uh, the big time? 
she kind of gives you like the like the biggest kind of scowl or whatever and she stands up and she kind of like fixes her dress and she goes i have no time for you right now i have better things to do and she kind of like almost turns on a dime and then uh proceeds to walk towards herman stern owner of the glow lounge Sturm, S-T-E-R-M? Uh, Stern, yep, S-T-E-R-N. Oh, oh M, okay. Yeah, not not M, sorry. As, as she, you know, turns and, you know, storms away, he just kind of, like, lifts the glass to her back, <laughs> drains the rest of it, and then, you know, like, looks around, puts up a hand, you know, kind of waves, like, give me, give me another one. <laughs> nice. Um, so you're... You're kind of sitting there, kind of uh, enjoying yourself. Evelyn is actually she's uh, yelling at him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's and vaguely pointing back. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Definitely, like, why well, you keep letting this loser in, kind of thing. And um, you re- you realize that uh, Carol still hasn't come out from the back, and it's been unusually long. Yeah, like he checks his watch. You know, if Evelyn hasn't. Hasn't come back up yet. He'll go up to the bar and just ask for like a, like a seltzer. Okay. And then uh, he'd head towards the back. Okay. I want you to roll me an awareness check. All right. Uh, Is this an active or passive? Uh, let's do, I don't think you're looking, I don't think you're looking for it. So let's have it be a passive. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, that is going to be a four total. Okay. So, uh, oh, I should have told you. So it was going to be a three. So, um, the door is open. So, um, you've, you're kind of a regular here. You've actually been to the back more often than not. Um, sometimes even when you're not supposed to be. Um, It hasn't really been that big of an ordeal. Uh, There's probably only one time where Bill's actually had to escort you out of there. So uh, you feel like it's okay to head back there. So he like he, you know, wanders over that way, you know, kind of nonchalantly sort of like, you know, sees that the door is open, kind of like takes a look around to see, you know, make sure nobody's like really paying attention to him because that's what got him in trouble last time. He's like, he just walked in, yeah. and then like some other people got up and like walked in, and he was like, hey, and then Bill was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so nice. he, you know, takes a look around and, you know, sidesteps in and then, you know, kicks the door closed, not kicks the door closed, but, you know, closes it with his foot. Yeah, yeah. Two, two glasses. For sure. Um, as you go back, it's business as usual. There's actually a couple people back there, some uh, regular patrons that you've seen before that actually every uh, every now and then actually put some money towards Carol or Evelyn to help their career. You don't really remember their names off the top of your head. There's one female, one male. They're kind of talking to themselves. Um, you don't know. You don't know. Good Lord. Things you don't know. Wow, why is it hard to say notice? You don't notice Carol, but you do notice that the back door to the alley is left ajar. So he, you know, he's kind of like poking his head around. He, you know, kind of like, you know, wave, you know, raises a glass at, you know, somebody's he kind of walks by. Um, you know, if he 
he's not trying to get involved in conversation, but he'd be like, Hey, you know, how's it going? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and he just continues to sort of make his way. Like he'll check, you know, like they each kind of have their own space, you know, set aside for like, you know, makeup and they've got a rack with, you know, dresses, things like that. Um, you know, so he quickly like checks Carol's space. And if she's not there, then he'll continue, you know, back out into the, into the alley. Okay. And as you're kind of looking at Carol's stuff and just kind of seeing if she's there, you notice that she's not there, but uh, some of the things that uh, like her trademark Rose is sitting on the um, desk there or, or whatever you would call it, like a ledge. And uh, one of the two people that are talking, they're like, Carol's outside having a smoke if you're looking for her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. I was going to check back there. I didn't, uh, I didn't see her. Yeah. No worries. She, you know, she, she, the euphoria of singing is always a great thing. And she always has to have a uh, celebratory smoke to kind of come down from it. I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, and, and after that comment, they pay you no mind. They know that you're for the most part, as far as they know, harmless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So he uh, he actually puts the glasses down on the table. Mm-hmm. He picks up the rose for a minute, just kind of like twirls it in his hands. He thinks about taking it, you know, back out to her, but he you know puts it down on the on the table, and uh, he you know walks outside. Okay. Yeah. Just just as you would think, she's actually has a a light jacket that she has pressed against the brick outside wall that she's leaning on. So she doesn't ruffle or ruin her um, dress. And she's just out having uh, her celebratory smoke and she sees you and she says, ah, George Armstrong, for what do I owe this honor? Hey, doll, that's a, that's a good set tonight. He, you know, sidles up next to her, pulls out a cigarette lights, you know, Start smoking next to her, just you know, nonchalantly, just kind of like you know, being in the space. Yeah, she kind of giggles and she says, "Well, you know, really got to up my game tonight since old Evelyn is trying to reassert herself as the star." Yeah, she's a piece of work, huh? She giggles and she goes, "You could say that." Well, I I could say that and a whole lot more. Believe me. <laughs> And she, she kind of holds up her hands and she's like, well, she doesn't say anything. She kind of holds up her hands. Like she's been there, done that kind of thing. Or she's been there, seen that from you too. Yeah, um, yeah. And she just goes, just continues to kind of smoke and enjoy the company. He, you know, I think they pass it, you know, a few minutes in you know, companionable silence, you know, staring up at, the handful of stars you can see in New York, even in the fifties, right? There's still mm-hmm. freaking lights and stuff all over, <laughs> you know, stray dog barks and, you know, that kind of stuff. We couldn't standing underneath the, the light from the, you know, above the door. We're kind of like off to the side. So we're sort of in shadow. And then there's like a light at the end of the alleyway out at the street. And he looks over to her and he says, you know, I, uh, I don't mean to get, you know, too personal or anything, but um, I heard you, uh, I heard you had a fella. She looks down and with a heavy sigh 
says out loud, but almost to herself, I should have known you weren't here for a casual smoke. Well, you know, I uh, certainly enjoy the company of a beautiful woman. But uh, un- unfortunately, yeah, I, um, I, uh, this dropped across my desk earlier today. And uh, by some circuitous circumstance, uh, I find out you know the guy that I'm looking into. She kind of looks not to you or at you. She looks kind of to the stars. And she says, yes, we, me and Marcus were quite close, you could say. Um, I did love the man. And I think he loved me so. He tells me all of the time, but sometimes these days you almost wonder. Well, he's a lucky guy then. Mm, was. Was a lucky guy. And in the clear summer night, you watch as a single tear falls from her eye and bounces off of the concrete. And she kind of sniffles and tries to kind of steal herself. And she says to you, she says, um, now, why did you have to go ahead and ruin such a perfect night? I, I truly apologize. I, I spoke with, uh, with Marcus's sister earlier, and uh, she believes there might be some some foul play involved and I just wanted to uh, get your take on Marcus and see if you knew anything about him that I should know about. When you say Marcus's sister, she kind of like does a little (laughs) kind of a huff. Yeah. yeah. This is all calculated. He knew he was (laughs) dead, but he didn't know if she knew. Right. So like, he's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's Columbo here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she says, um, oh, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. Just a lovely soul. Not only a great businessman, but a great partner. He did everything right, I feel. Even when the other taxi companies would, or even when the other taxi company would try to use trying to think of a good word to say even when the other taxi company would use trying to think of a uh, oh here we go even when the other taxi company would try to do some uncouth things marcus was always a step ahead and a step above everyone he did the right thing he treated his employees perfectly he treated me wonderfully the fact that anybody would want to do this to him and she sniffles again well that's more of a crime than what actually happened i uh i hate to keep pressing and he kind of like you know reaches like you know puts a hand on her shoulder kind of like gives her a squeeze so i know uh, i know this is tough but uh you have any 
gambling debts to anybody he was running with that didn't seem legit? So are you saying, are you asking about his any gambling debts that he had and stuff like that? Yeah, okay. if, she, if she knew if he was running with a rough crowd or, you know, if she knew he bet on the horses or, yeah, you know, that, uh, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. She, she shakes her head and she says, not that I have, not that I have ever known. Uh, I want you to roll me another awareness. Um, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have it be, well, I'm going to ask you this. Are you, are you staring at her for context clues the whole time? Or are you just casually come having this conversation with her? No, he's, he's working now. Like, you know, he's trying not to be a dick, but like, yeah, he's also kind of working now. So uh, insight instead. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a seven, sir. Nice. So I was going to, I should, again, we should, I should always tell the DL before we get to this, but I never remember. I, I forget to ask. <laughs> so I was going to have that be a three. So it's definitely a yes. And so you can tell that she is telling the absolute truth. Uh, I will let the end be your decision. I, I don't like. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like in this, like in this narrow context, right? Like, because I know it doesn't have to be related. I'm trying to think of something, you know, like ancillary. Like maybe. Yeah. I mean, if if he's a good guy, like my thought would be like, oh, but she remembers the name of you know some guy. But like, if he's really clean, then that's not really a. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about this? How about I give you an ant? I have one that just popped up. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. She kind of like looks at you, but doesn't look at you kind of from the side. And she says, if I were to look at into anything suspicious, even though he treated his employees perfectly, some of those employees did not treat him well back. You don't happen to have any names, do you? She thinks about it for a second. And she says, I don't know if it's the drinks talking or my memory fails me at the moment. But how about, let me get back to you. I might be able to get to some of Marcus's notes that he has that are at my place. And maybe I can give you some names. That would be fantastic. And, you know, like he still has, his, you know, it's like his hand on her shoulder. And, it, you know, he, he, he pulls her in and like gives her a hug because he knows she's upset. And, um, you know, he, he just says to her, and how are you doing? Are you, are you, you doing okay? Um, and she uh, sighs a big sigh to the point where when she inhales, you almost let go because it's that much of a of a breath. And she says, as long as the stage is waiting, I should be okay. And, you know, like stands back, like a hand on either shoulder and he kind of like, you know, cuffs her on the chin and he says, uh, you know, if you need anything, you know, let me know. And she actually turns her face towards you and with a sad, but also hopeful smile, she says, I will. 
All right, you stay out of trouble. Uh, and at that, she kind of giggles and she goes, <laughs> trouble always seems to find me. He nods and he, you know, he winks at her. And, you know, he goes back inside. Okay. You, because of this conversation you had, you, did, you don't realize the swelling of the music as you enter back in. And it, it is fierce. It is live and it is poetic in a way. And you can hear people clapping to the rhythm, but some claps you can hear like seem kind of off key. Like when someone's trying to figure out how to learn a song and they don't quite know how to do it, but they want to join in. And, um, you know, she's gotten into bebop. But yeah, it's, you know, it's picking up quite profusely. I'll just, I'll just, I'll speak for you. You uh, enter the low lounge once again, and Evelyn is, Evelyn is singing this song that is very upbeat but also very aggressive but also very lovely and it's hitting everyone's ears and it's it's making them tap their feet it's making them dance it's even the people that can't dance they're it's like the music is speaking to them and it's making them alive even the even some of the older generation they're up doing their little thing and it's and it's adorable but also it's it's poetic and you can you can see smiles from every man woman it's electric you can see mr stern off in the corner of the bar and he's wide smile his his smile is so wide that he's just it's like like when you're looking into his eyes you can see the dollar bills but also you can see the passion in, in his face. You can you know for a fact that you can tell that Herman Stern is has a youthfulness when it comes to new music. Being one of the old trumpeteers, I don't know. Again, I don't I don't know what you'd call it like uh, trump, trumpet players for Tommy for Tommy Dorsey, like he has a you know this love and background for uh, music and this place is his baby and for him to get this reaction out of the crowd and the love that's that comes with it it's just you know it, it's something that makes him seem a lot younger than he actually is He's, he you know wanders into this you know music playing he's he's picked up his drink off the off the you know, the table in the back. So he's just kind of like standing there sort of off to the side of the stage. And it reminds him of, you know, a time before the war when, when he and Evelyn had first met uh, and, you know, she'd taken him out dancing, uh, you know, and how, you know, how much, fun she had like it's well, it wasn't like his thing but he's like yeah sure, we'll fucking do whatever 
you know, and she was dancing all around and he kind of was plodding along, but like, it was fun, right? Like they had a good time. Um, and just, you know, kind of gets lost, you know, in the memory of that, um, you know, a couple of whiskeys in, this is two nights in a row, you know, it, it, it turns into like a whole thing. <laughs> now, do you, is it something where you stay the night? Do you stay for the whole set? Do you, you know, do you, you know, have your fill, enjoy the music and then duck out? Like, I want to know, I want to know how you, how you're feeling right now. Uh, he's, you know, he's obviously feeling conflicted because she, like, I think, you know, when she left, she didn't hate him and he was just hurt and confused. But over time, like, he's still hurt, but now she's more like, I don't want to say she hates him, but like she kind of hates him now. Right. Like it, it's, it's not like, Oh, you know, it's just, you know, this is what happened and things are different. And like, you know, I couldn't stay and you know, you weren't there and like that kind of thing. Now it's like, it's like constant reminder for both of them, but we're like, for him, it's just still the same. Like he expected to come home from the war and, you know, she would be there and, yeah, she was there until he got out of the hospital and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna fucking do my thing. So he he's he's really conflicted because she's a really good singer. <laughs> <laughs> um and like this is his place, you know, and like fuck, she's here, you know, like why of all the places, why here? You know. <laughs> I, you know, I think like as that song sort of comes to an end, you know, because he's kind of like standing off the side of the stage. Um, you know, he kind of makes his way towards the back. I even think he sits at the bar, you know, orders another whiskey. Uh, and and I think he's, he doesn't stay all night. I don't think he's, I don't think he stays for the whole set. I think he stays long enough to be as verklempt as he was last night and probably wanders home again. Nice. So, as you're kind of enjoying the night and these feelings kind of envelop you um, every once in a while, Evelyn will look your way, even though you being there is kind of a constant reminder of what could have been and what now will never be. And you would think that you would see more, despise in her face you think you would see more irritation that you still are around but the I want to keep using the same words but I'm trying to get away from that <laughs> but because of the the whole experience of her having this new song that everyone's engaged with and everybody kind of falling back in love with her as being the star of the glow lounge she is almost beaming with pride, not just for everyone in here, but also towards you that you're able to experience this with her also. But just like the night previous, she doesn't try to engage with you. The only engagement that you get is from afar. 
as a re- constant reminder of look at me, look at where I've gone. And we could have been doing this together, but now I'm the star and you're the nobody. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it that way. I, I, you know, I almost feel like she's not sharing it as much. She's sharing it like in a spiteful way. Yes. Right? And th- and that's kind of what I was going to try to say too. like yeah. it. It's not as vindictive as that, but it's also a, yeah. Look at me kind of thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. You like, you didn't, you know, you never got it. You never understood. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel yeah, that. Yeah. He gets drunk. I want to make a <laughs> uh, a drug tolerance roll. <laughs> nice. Give me a DL. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, let's see. Well, let's see. How much? How? I'm going to ask you this. Do you do drugs recreationally? recreationally? No, it, it's alcohol. Uh, you know, for like. Oh, you're just doing it for the alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got gotcha. you. I got what you're he, saying. He's narratively three whiskeys in already. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's see. You know what? Let's say because it's been a long night, you've actually been through quite a bit. Your body's a little more exhausted. So let's make it a deal of four. All right. Uh, I hit a four. So a yes, but. Yes, but. Okay. So let's just say, you know, you're kind of handling your alcohol decently well, but you it gets to a certain point where you actually start you start to make people kind of feel uncomfortable with how much of a good time you're actually having. So the, so for the second time in, you know, a decent amount of time, uh, Bill politely uh, picks you up by the arm and says, um, well, Vulture looks like your time has come at an end. Bill's drink. And he kind of looks at you with kind of a stern look, and she says, or and he says, Now remember, whatever Mr. Stern tells me, I have to do. And when he says you're out, you're out. You know, you're a good guy, Bill. I appreciate that you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> and he like leans in and he kisses him on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh He's kind of used to you being kind of ridiculous when you're drunk. So he kind of like, he kind of like wipes his head off and then he kind of wipes, wipes it on the side of your, your, um, your jacket sleeve. And he says, yeah, that's what I got to do. That's my job. And then he lightly escorts you out. Uh, Once you're out, he actually hands you your piece in your holster and uh, actually whistles for a taxi. This is like he hands him the, the holster and like he tries to put it on, but like it's backwards. <laughs> and then he like he starts to get like tangled in it. And then, he you know, he like stops and he's just like looking at everything. And then I assume Bill like, like holds it like a coat. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on, guy. So he like slides his arm in and he slides his other arm Yeah, exactly. Because he knows that if he doesn't, the, the gun will probably accidentally fall out and go off or something, you know. So, so he gets it like he gets it snap, you know, gets it like buckled in, and then the car pulls up, and you know, Bill says, you know, gives him the address, make sure you know, make sure he makes it to his apartment, kind of nice. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you ha- he hands the 
he hands the um he hands the note for the address to the driver he actually gives the driver some money and he says you know take him to this address or whatever and he looks at you and he kind of pats you on the shoulder and he goes we'll put that on your tab you're the best will and he kind of winks at you and he goes no you're the best vulture and he kind of like doesn't aggressively but aggressively enough kind of shoves you in the back shuts the door and and uh, ushers you off into the night and and i think he just tells the cabbie like his whole life story for the drive <laughs> she left you know and she's at my bar like you know he's just rambling like incoherently yeah like, yeah <laughs> This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.